What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toyson Ford. Dan Casper here with you, as always. We've got RJ Cardinal joining us at the back end of this podcast to talk some Badgers. Joe DeGuano uh, joins me to talk some Packers before that. But first things first, we've got to talk some Brewers with the news of Craig Council moving moving on from the Brewers and shocking the baseball world and going to the rival Chicago Cubs. Everybody, I'm going to say everybody, everybody thought it was like Mets or Brewers or even Cleveland. Nobody expected the Cubs. One, because they had David Ross as already manager and, you know, had a solid year last year, kind of surprised maybe some people and thought, okay, it's it's building up. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be, you know, a team to, to reckon with. And Jed Hoyer, uh, for, for the Cubs, surprising a lot of people, everybody in the baseball world, and getting Craig Council to sign that massive five-year, $40 million contract to become the highest-paid manager in baseball history. It's such a unique the, – the, the council and Mark Ananasio debate, chatter, talk is so unique amongst – Brewers fans, you've got – I really don't think there's a middle between the two. So, like, on the on the Mark Anasio side, you've got fans that cut him a little bit of slack because he doesn't have deep pockets like a Steve Cohen. You've got other fans that want him to sell the team because they want an owner that will actually spend money. You know, it's different where you know, owners got different amount of money, like the NBA and the NFL, you've got – NFL more, mostly. NFL, you've got that hard salary cap, right? you got a hard salary cap there. Where baseball – you don't have that salary cap, so you have owners of different wealth, really. And we know Mark Anasio doesn't have as much money as, you know, the Ricketts and the Cubs and Steve Cohen with the Mets and such. So you got fans that understand that and understand that's kind of how the business goes for the Brewers, but then you got the other fans who want Mark Anasio to spend more money, whether they feel like he has more money and he's not just spending it, or sell the team to get a bigger spending owner. There. There's, like, no middle ground. So you got that. And then on the Craig Council side, you've got – fans who don't like Craig Council or think he's overrated because of his lack of playoff success. And then on the flip side, you've got a lot of fans too who love Craig Council and think he's the big, if not main, reason why they've been to the postseason so many times in these last few years. And I think that's kind of the prevailing theory across Major League Baseball too, at least the the majority there. So kind of a mixed emotions of whether people are more frustrated, whether fans are more frustrated with Mark Anasio and ownership for not being able to keep him, or frustration from Craig Council going to the rival Cubs. It's all over the place right now. And we don't really know the full details. We don't know the truth. We don't know the whole story. We probably won't. Did the Brewers match that offer? Were they able to match that offer? Were they given the opportunity to match that offer? We don't know the full answer yet, at least. Maybe we'll know. It kind of seems like Council, according to some stuff out there that you know, Mark Anasio mentioned uh, yet last night, that Council kind of approached the subject on, on in September that eh, might be a possibility of him managing elsewhere. Did Council have the mindset or already kind of decide he wanted to manage elsewhere, wanted to go somewhere else? Who knows? But you've got... Brewers fans upset on different sides, at different angles here. There's, there's frustration amongst uh, a lot of Brewers fans right now, whether you're frustrated with the owner uh, for, for not forking over the dough, for not forking over the cash for, for Craig Council. There's frustration targeted towards Craig Council for going to a rival. For some, maybe the Brewers' main rival, especially when you consider the proximity. Some may still consider the, the Cardinals as the as the main rival. I think it's probably pretty evident, you know, with, with the Cubs, maybe last year surpassing some expectations, kind of fell off towards the end of the, the regular season. Looked like they were going to make the postseason. Uh, just missed it. But some of their town, Bellinger obviously having a bounce back year. There's There was a lot of optimism, I think, for the Cubs heading into this year. They add Craig Council. I think it's probably pretty obvious they're going to do some more spending and bring in some free agents and such to add to that team. I think that's kind of obvious at this point. So maybe there's Cubs fans 
pumped up about that because they feel like their team might be fairly aggressive when it comes to this offseason. Maybe. GM meetings going on right now. So, you know, I've when 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 the uh, when the news came down yesterday about uh council going to the Cubs, the fan side of me, I was upset. I was uh I was I was disappointed. I was annoyed. Whatever word you want to use. And and I was I was like, "Craig, how could you do this?" How could you go to the Cubs? You know, flashbacks of Favre to Vikings, and I know that's not probably the greatest example in the world. But it's like, come on, why would you do that? Then you're like, eight million. It's like, oh boy, that that is a lot of money. <laughs> eight million per year. I mean, the number that was getting floated out there that the Mets were were going to do seven. It sounds like the Mets weren't even willing to go that high. We knew Craig was looking to set the bar for for manager salaries to raise it up for others. But, you know, the fan side of me, and I was just like, dude, why do you got to go with the Cubs? It's like, okay, go to the Mets. Heck, even the Yankees, cause I think for a hot minute, I was one of them. I know I was talking to a few other people, and they're like, yeah, it's probably the Yankees when it when it was like, it trickled out. It wasn't going to be the Brewers. It wasn't going to be the Mets. It's like, okay, it's going to a team that already has a manager. It's like, oh, probably the Yankees. It's like, okay, yeah, Yankees are going to, you know, overpay. And... Then it came that it was the Cubs. And we know Cubs once in a while has spent some cash. But the fact that it's the rival, the fan side of me, that's what made me upset with Craig that he would go to to a rival, to a division rival. So from the fans' perspective, I was I was upset. And I'm still a little annoyed to it because you know it is a rival. But when you look at it, from a business side of things, for from Craig Council's perspective, it's really hard to turn down $8 million per year. And when you factor in the proximity that he probably doesn't have to uproot his family, his daughters, you know, I don't know what the plan is. You know, it doesn't matter to us anyways. But you know, proximity-wise, it works for him. He's familiar with, with the Cubs, with the team, with the organization. He know he's got his payday. Probably got some assurances that, hey, they're going to spend on, on roster stuff. I already kind of liked the younger makeup, some parts of the team already. From just a purely, you know, business side of things and, and you know, from a competitive standpoint, when you take away the the fan part or when you take away all that stuff, it makes sense for Craig Council to do this. And I, and I understand that. And after, you know, letting my raw emotions from a fan go down I, I i get it i understand it from that side not everybody you know i think we get so caught up in the the loyalty aspect of sports and we we gravitate towards players and coaches that you know we we want loyalty we want players and coaches to to stay with our teams you know like it's like right now with the bucks and Giannis. you know we want Giannis. To stay, you know, we're just we're hoping that he'll stay, and we love it because right now he's been so loyal. And Giannis talked about loyalty and how much loyalty means to him. That doesn't mean that he's gonna be a buck for life. We hope he is. You know, we hope he is. But I mean, look at the trend in sports lately, and that hasn't really been a thing. Gone are the days of Jeter playing with the Yankees the whole time, Kobe playing with the Lakers. In fact, there was. There was a minute that Kobe was wasn't going to be with the Lakers. Remember that from he's like was it going to be the Bulls? And then there was a story where he talked about going to the Clippers, and it sounded like Jerry West kind of talked him out of that, you know, that sort of stuff. But you know, Tim Duncan's staying with the Spurs. Those those aren't the norms. Those are the rare ones. Coaches too. It's you know, I. I we value loyal loyalty so much because I think as fans you're so loyal to your favorite teams that you want that back from your players and you want that back from your, your good coaches, your coaches that you want sticking around. You're loyal to your team, so you want those players and those coaches to be loyal to you. And in essence, 
This is their job, though. This is their job. And a lot of times they got to do what's best for them. Or or maybe they just want to do something different. A lot of us, we've changed careers. We've changed jobs because we wanted to do something different. We wanted to go elsewhere. Whether it was for money, change of scenery, or whatever. And I think sometimes we kind of forget that when we are cheering on our teams and, and our favorite players and such. So as a fan, as a Brewers fan, it sucks. I hate it. It annoys me because it's the Cubs. You can't do that. You can't do that. You, you're Mr. Brewer, Council. I mean, you. I mean, how many times did it get told to us? Your dad was a member of the organization. You were a bat boy. You know, you grew up. Your your you live your your round home is in. Is it around Milwaukee? You, you played there. Now you manage there. It's a storybook. You were the one that was going to lead us to a World Series. You've won a bunch of games. You can't go to the Cubs. So as a fan, as a fan, it it makes me sad. I'm going through the stages of grief. Makes me a little down. Makes me frustrated. But you take away that that sort of stuff. You take away the fan stuff from it. Those those personal feelings. I get it. I get it. You you got a lot of money. You you're going to a team that's maybe kind of like the Lions. Last I know you know we, we were using the Detroit Lions as a comparison maybe for for the Packers for for the best outlook for the Packers this year to end the season on a good note where you got some optimism. Maybe that was kind of like the Cubs this past year, too, that, oh, wow, they kind of made a run, right? They, they, they kind of made a run. They looked like they were going to the playoffs, surpassing the little expectations. Now they're heading into an off season where, all right, this might be a team to watch a little bit here. They got a good core, some younger guys, add some free agents there. Now you had Cubs. Cubs are kind of like the Detroit Lions here a little bit, maybe, possibly. From a straight-up baseball decision, for, for I can't fault them too much. It, it worked out, I think, for, for both. He wanted to give it a, a big payday. Maybe didn't want to leave too far from home, and maybe that's why Cleveland was kind of in the, in the conversation a little bit. And now it kind of sounds like maybe the Mets weren't that far into it that we were led to believe. So you got the location, you got the money, and you got a talented roster with some optimism heading into it. From a business standpoint, it, it, it I get it from, from council. It doesn't mean I have to like it. It doesn't mean I have to like it. But I get it. I get it. But I'm a fan, so I don't have to like it. Because we want our players and we want our coaches and all those players to be loyal to our teams because we are loyal to our teams what do we always say team over player we're loyal so we want our players and our coach to be loyal when in fact that's not always the case once in a while you get those get those players and coaches who are loyal to the bone hopefully Giannis is a guy like that maybe but those are those are getting fewer and fewer and fewer all right, let's switch gears here a little bit. We're going to chat some Packers with Joe DeGuano after these quick words. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars. They're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving with the best i I gotta tell you the young bucks whether it be brooks yeah or valentine or or colby wood and colby wooden Mm -hmm. uh you know even you know he's not a young buck but i thought isaiah mcduffie played a heck of a game and so few tfls there you know sean ryan Mm -hmm. came out and played luke musgrave with his first touchdown that was that was a sweet play that was a sweet play yeah that was a sweet play so you finally saw something mm-hmm. that you could hang your hat on. 
And in that second half, Jordan Love was on fire. Mm-hmm. He had one incompletion that second half. He had, by far, statistically, you take out the three touchdowns. I understand that, but from a completion percentage standpoint, his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. And so you, you finally saw something that you can say we can build on something. Now again, mm-hmm. they've got a tough Pittsburgh game. Then they've got you know they've got the Chargers, Detroit, Kansas City. They got a tough stretch here. Yep. There's just no question. But then they finish with New York, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. That's not that tough. Mm-hmm. So then you start saying to yourself, is this team a seven-win team? Which is where I think a lot of Packer fans probably had them. Again, Vegas had them at seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it just you finally saw something you can build upon. And, and obviously, Aaron, look, Aaron Jones, not on a snap count, not on a touch count, not on a pitch count, is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't have the explosives. But he did the little things in the game to keep the chains moving and stay in front of the chains. Mm-hmm. So I, there was a lot to like. And again, I, I tweeted it out this morning, and I want your opinion. <clears throat> I know statistics. Here, here's the thing. Statistics are like bikinis. I've said this before because what they reveal is suggestive, but what they conceal is vital. Mm-hmm. And, and so statistically, Jordan Love is on pace for 3,600 yards. 25, 26 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. If if you would have said that to begin the year, if you can get 3,500 yards, 25-plus touchdowns, and, and a an okay touchdown-interception ratio, mm-hmm. you would have said yes. Mm-hmm. And so yep. do you see more that you like of Jordan Love right now? Uh, do you still have question marks? Where are you on Jordan Love? I've... I feel like for the longest time during that stretch, that that losing stretch there, I think you can make the case that he you can't really get a good gauge of him because of what's around him, mm-hmm. of what was around him, whether it was offensive line play, mm-hmm. uh, the youngsters, you know, uh, that sort of stuff. I mean, you, we can nitpick the, the the certain aspects of his game that he obviously has to improve on the long ball. Look, his footwork still mm-hmm. needs a lot of work. Right. I do think they're like I almost feel like did they unleash it a little bit like that one sweet play call we were talking about with mm-hmm. Musgrave. I you know great play, but I give Love a lot of credit there too because how many of those younger guys I could see rushing that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a pump fake right, I got a pump fake left, then I got to turn around. You're blind there for a little bit, right? Right. And and to make that throw to Musgrave, it might not look like well, it wasn't a deep throw, but to have. I would have panicked. You know, I would have rushed it. You well, know, yeah, and because because you're and, thinking because your internal clock right. as a quarterback mm-hmm. starts ticking down, mm-hmm. and yeah. you say to yourself, "I'm not going to have time to do this." Right. <clears throat> and so it, I look. I, I thought Lafleur called a great game. I know everyone said they played against a third string quarterback. I, I yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: offensively, you still had Aaron Donald out there. You still have players on that Ram side of the ball. And, and I thought, for the most part, Green Bay offensively, look, two phantom calls on John Runyon mm-hmm. for, uh, negated fourth and one conversions. Right. And and so you don't know where those drives go. And then also, you know, second half, back-to-back fumbles, Aaron Jones, Dontavian Wicks. They couldn't get in that rhythm, even though it looked like they were getting right. into a rhythm. Yeah. So I... I and yes. I don't fault Jordan Love for that. No, I don't either. either. And and so I get it. They were playing against, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Brett Rippon. I was going to say Mark Rippon. Uh, <laughs> taking me back to my my old radio days. I, you know, they're, I get it. But but look at what they did offensively against this Ram defense. Were they missing some guys? Yeah. But were the Packers missing some guys? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Two seventh rounders starting in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, Quay Walker's not playing. Right. Kenny Clark leaves the game. Right. You know. Yeah, and I agree with you. I know people are like, oh, you're a backup quarterback. But the thing is, too, is like, it for the longest time, because there was a point at that second half when they kept when they were fumbling, I'm like, they're doing it again. They're going right. to let them hang around. Right. Offense is putting defense in a bad spot. Right. And that defense stood up, and they didn't allow a backup quarterback right. to, to go down and, the field. And look around the NFL. Look at the backup, backup quarterbacks that have had to play and actually succeeded. Mm-hmm. You know, guys coming in off the bench, guys, you know, rookies coming in who hadn't played. You know, you're seeing it all over the place. So I don't make any excuses for wins, Mm -hmm. especially when you talk about football. When you look at basketball and baseball, when you look at the NBA and Major League Baseball, those seasons, one loss... You really got to get over quickly because because you got so you play many games. the next day a lot of times right. you know so in the NFL you got seventeen games in college football you got twelve mm-hmm. high school football you, you know you've got nine 
Mm-hmm. And so you, you just don't make any excuses for wins. And so I take this, and it's something you can build upon. And now you say to yourself, that at, at halftime of this game coming up, it's the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so right now, this team is about where I thought they'd be. And Jordan Love, to be on pace with those kind of numbers, if you would have said beginning of the year, he'll be, you know, again, the completion percentage, the footwork, those types of things he still needs to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy that I really enjoy, and he writes for the Green Bay Press-Gazette, and he's on the Bill Michaels show, is Aaron Baranchik. And Eric Eric Baranchik, and he, he does a really nice job of, of, of looking at the X's nose, and he talked about it. He's like, there's a lot to build upon. With Jordan Love right now, there's a lot to like, and now you got to you know this off season, you got to continue to work on his footwork, you got to continue to work on the deep ball, you got to continue to work on these things. Again, Jordan Love's 24 years old, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. so just turned 24, or what? Just had a birthday last right. week, so yeah. so so this is still a very young guy. And again, I have not been on the Jordan Love bandwagon, but I saw a lot you could build upon Sunday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I I'm, I I agree with you when you mentioned those young guys because. That's what I I kind of mentioned yesterday. Even Slate, you know, mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks that he is right. provided with that run defense, and I know, yes, again, we'll look at Minnesota and the Rams' run offense, and you know, you, yeah, but still, again, they didn't allow mediocre teams to to run all over them, and right. Slayton has been, I think, a nice boost to that run defense. Oh yeah, no, no, no question, mm-hmm. no question. So, so again, and you know, look, Matt Lafleur is not going anywhere. Brian Gutekinds isn't going anywhere. Mark Murphy seems very content. With this rebuild going into his, I believe next year is his mandatory last year, correct? Yeah, I, th- I think the draft is kind of like his going away party. Okay, because so, like, I know it's in the bylaws of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I right? think it's 2025. Okay, so. all right. All right, so, you, you, you know, Mark Murphy obviously is on board with this rebuild, mm-hmm. is on board with the direction of this team. And, and so, again, we kept on saying over the last over the losing streak, give us, give us, give Packer fans, give the coaching staff, give the players something to build upon. Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. They came through, and I thought they played a good football game uh, against an undermanned opponent, but that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. You should beat teams like that. And really, yes, the Packers kept on keeping the Rams in the game, but I never felt uncomfortable. And again, part of that is the the, the third string quarterback and all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But I, I just, I again look at this schedule, and if this team, if they if they pull another four wins out, rest of the year, that's a seven and ten football team, which is where most Packer fans probably had them. What would you say to the fans though that don't want them to have seven wins and they want them to have four wins, three wins? Yeah, you know, I get that. I, I mean, I I get mm-hmm. that. But but you look. <clears throat> I don't care what level you are. I, if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're a GM, you want wins. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I get it. If they go seven and ten, they're going to be Packer fans that grumble because they didn't go three and fourteen. Right. And so, I, I mean, I get all of that, but you got to you play to win the game. Right. I mean, you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't care what level you're in. And, and look, I don't. I've coached youth football. I've coached high school, I, I, college football fan, pro, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You coach your players to get better, but you coach them to win. Period. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. And so, if Green Bay has a relatively successful second half, and they are that seven and ten, which puts them, oh, I don't know, about sixteenth in the draft, which is pretty much going to be mid tier. Right. So be it. And and you know what? Goody's got two second round picks. He's he's got two third round well, picks. Well, and you and I both know because we love the draft so much. It is such a crapshoot. Just having a higher pick does not guarantee you anything. No, no. <laughs> you know how no. many times have we gone through this? I mean, like, I mean, you know, Jamarcus Russell, mm-hmm. Ryan Leaf, you know, Tony Mandrich. Right. Do you want to go back to the Packers? It just it doesn't guarantee you anything. And so, if Goody wants to move up, he's got the ammunition to do so mm-hmm. with two seconds, two thirds. Probably two-fourths, because he's going to add a compensatory pick. I think it's going to be in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the wherewithal to move up. I would rather have the Green Bay Packers finish 7-10 and 10 and have something to build upon. Like the Lions last year. It, that's exactly right. That's, they, they were playing to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they did it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That tells me that a coach still has the locker room. And, and so, yeah, I it, look, if they do finish 3-14, and 14, so be it. You know, it is what it is. If you're seeing mm-hmm. them playing hard and et cetera, et cetera, 
But I got to tell you, you know, this team goes three and fourteen or 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 four and thirteen or whatever that number is going to be. You got serious questions that about Matt Lafleur. Did he lose the locker room? You know, and 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 I think right now the plan, if I were sitting at twelve sixty five, seems to be that everyone's pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Just this is the plan. Let's follow the plan through. Mm-hmm. So remains to be seen, but lots to build upon, what? and 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 just. You know, there are some good young football players on this team. What did you make of the Rasul Douglas trade? That's pro- initially, what was your reaction? Oh, it sucked. Mm-hmm. It, it sucked. And then when I started looking at the dynamics of everything and, you know, is this a guy that, that probably would have been a cap casualty next year? Um, yeah, it sucks. And when you're in that locker room, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But when you're when – you're, and, and according to all reports – from what we understand, he was not shopping Rasul Douglas. The Bills called. He said, I'm not going to do it for anything less than a third. I know we had to give up the fifth as well, but he got a third out of the deal. You know, for a guy that probably was not going to be on the team next year, and I love Rasul Douglas. I, I think I think he was one of those guys you could build a young team around if you were in a position to do so, if you weren't hurting for a salary cap. I mean, I mean, the Packers are, are, are still in that digging out mode from salary cap hell. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's still a lot of work that this team needs to do before Brian Gutekinds can start writing checks again. And so initially it sucked. Mm-hmm. But I, I look at everything and I look at at, at the numbers. I look at Rasul. You know, he, he'd be a 30-year-old cornerback next year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, probably a cap casualty because his cap number next year, I believe, was around $7 million. Um, So you say, uh can we get by this year, and is that trade capital going to mean more down the road? Probably yes. And then there's the Packer fans that say, yeah, you know, anything but a third because Gutekinds can't draft in the third round. I get that. But, again, if you package a second and a third and you move up in the first or do whatever, then you're looking at a return on your investment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the optics obviously didn't look that great. Didn't look great at all. After, you know, he was emotional after the game and, you know, you heard reporters, and I know we had Justice on yesterday, and he was – in the locker room at that game, and he was talking about he was kind of holding court and all that. Then two days later, he gets traded. Right. So everybody's like, "Oh, are you know?" Because of the comments he made, right? And right. You look at the depth at cornerback, and like it didn't look good. But then, like you said, when you look at it, because I was like, "Okay, if you're gonna do Douglas, then why not press in Devontae?" But you're right because he had the bigger cap space clearing, right, over there, right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And 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 look, do you, do you, you know, is Preston Smith gonna be on this football team next year? I don't know. Right. I don't know. He might be. Is, is David Bakhtiari? No. Right. I, I mean, we know that, so you're going to clear that cap space off. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to keep Devondre, you know, because I think, again, he's 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 critical. But uh, The way he, McDuffie's playing now, I, though, I, too, that's that, – that, it, it, It's going to be interesting this offseason. But, mm-hmm. but, again, from a standpoint of this team – and this goes back to LaFleur. Rasul Douglas, the optics don't look good. The locker room's not in a good place. Mm-hmm. They come out and play their best game of the year since the Chicago game. Right. You know, and, and so now you look at it and say, okay, LaFleur was able to keep the locker room through this. And that's that's as you look at your check marks and your benchmarks this year, okay, this week this team could have really gone into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. LaFleur kept the locker room. So you you, you built you you got to grow. You got to get better, and this team got better for one day. Mm-hmm. What do you think of my guy, Anthony Johnson Jr.? Uh, you know what? He I, was my favorite pick in I, that draft. Look, you, I, I yeah. thought, and being at the game, and you know this, mm-hmm. you can see things so differently. Was he a little bit late on a couple of plays reading things? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But did you see playmaker ability out there? Did you see a guy that 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 there's something there? And so, you know, he makes a a, a great timed hit to knock the ball out, and then, of course, the deflected interception. Mm-hmm. I thought he, I thought he acclimated himself well. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, again, when they drafted him, I thought this might be a guy that's competing for a starting spot. And so now if you get Rudy Ford back next week and you got Johnson coming back with, with a little bit more game experience, yeah, things you can build upon. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I tell my players this, and, and, and this is true, again, youth football, high school, football, college, or pro. Start stacking plays. Start stacking practices. Start stacking games, because anybody can do it for once. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go out there and 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 do it once. What you do though is, can you stack things? It's the mm-hmm. same thing with Jordan Love. 
Can he build on that? Can Look, if the Packers lose to Pittsburgh, which is a distinct possibility, mm-hmm. but Jordan Love goes 21 of 28, 200 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, that's a build-upon game. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes 17 of 35, 189 yards and five interceptions, okay, we took a step back again. Mm-hmm. And so, but you want to see these young guys continue to stack. And mm-hmm. you mentioned TJ Slayton, and we talked about Brooks, who probably had his best game of the year. And you know what? I know Dontavian Wicks had the fumble, but if I'm not mistaken, he caught all of his targets. Mm-hmm. I think it was four for four, three for first downs. He looks like he's turning into a favorite for Jordan Love here. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I, too and, 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 you know. And that's where I like the Dobbs one too. I know he didn't have a lot. But he looks like he's that guy, like, when you get to those when close-out situations, he's that guy that's stepping up that you can go to to help close out a game. There was a pass fourth quarter to Dobbs for a first down. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was tightly contested. And Dobbs had his hands in front of him, mm-hmm. and he plucked the ball with his hands as he was getting hit and held onto it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that showed me, and that was in the fourth quarter, and that kept the drive alive. I think that might have been the Musgrave touchdown. I'm not sure. But that was a big play. That was a third down play, keeping the chains moving. And, and, and you're seeing, you know, you saw the touchdown with Dobbs uh, coming back for the ball last week. Yep. And, and now you're seeing contested balls a little bit. I don't, I don't like the fact that Christian Watson, Watson catches one contested ball and then gets hurt. Right. I, you know, I don't like that at all. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's the 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 fragility, if you will, that Christian Watson now has kind of shown through a season and a half, mm-hmm. and he's just got to get stronger and he's got to continue to work his body so that he doesn't become that fragile of a guy. But yeah, I I, I loved Wicks. Um, I had a laugh because looking at Musgrave up close, that guy's he reminds me of the tight ends back in the day. He's <laughs> he looks like he's about two fifteen, two twenty. Yeah, I mean he does not look big. Mm-hmm. He's a tall guy. He's not a Kelsey or a Gronk or anything like not, that. Yeah. And again, this is a guy that put, needs to put on functional strength. Mm-hmm. And here's another one. He's going to have the most, if he stays on target, he'll have the most catches out of a rookie tight end since, uh, I believe, Finley. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you've got some things that you can start building around. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jaden Reed did a nice job. I thought, I thought and Anders Carlson missed the field goal, but, but that two-minute drill was very clean before halftime. Mm-hmm. They got they got they 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 got it down. Spiked the ball with four seconds to go. Jaden Reed with with about a ten yard pass to get them a little bit closer, get them under fifty yards for the field goal. Carlson missed it, but I thought that was a really clean operation. Mm-hmm. And again, things you can build on. Is is this team a good football team? No. Mm-hmm. Is this team a young football team? Absolutely. So with like a lot of the mistakes, penalties, offsides, you know, I, to me it's inexcusable for like Rashawn Gary lining up in a neutral mm-hmm. zone, that sort of stuff. But like Jaden Reed, his false start because he's paying attention to the hard count instead of looking at the ball being snapped. Right. That stuff, is that more, in your opinion, because a lot of people say, well, these penalties are all a reflection on coaching. Is it coaching or is it just the young guys and the inexperience? Uh, yes. So mm-hmm. to both. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you, you can't excuse the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. As we've said all along, look, these guys basically, these rookies, They've basically played a college season now. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you when you look at eight games plus the exhibition season, and so they played a college football season. So, in the veterans' eyes, and I agree with it, you're no longer a rookie, right? You know, and, and it's the same thing that and and you know, I talked to my quarterbacks going in next year at Eau Claire Memorial. You know, you're no longer a freshman and a sophomore. You're now a sophomore and a junior because once your season is done, as far as I'm concerned, you've moved on to that next level. It's the same thing with the rookies. You've gone through 12 games, basically, 11 mm-hmm. or 12 games, exhibition season plus right. the games. You're, you're done with your college season. So, yeah, those need to – this back half of the year, that kind of stuff needs to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't get cleaned up, that's on the coaching staff then. Mm-hmm. All right, so to wrap it up, we got Steelers here. T.J. Watts maybe licking his chops at the left tackle. Although Walker did better, better. more so in, in run blocking yep, yep, uh, yep, situation. Yep, Yash Nyman – did go out of the game, mm-hmm. and, and I thought Walker acclimated himself. I still think Yash Nyman should be at that left tackle position. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, T.J. Watt is always synonymous with Kevin King. Right. Always going to be synonymous. Yep. Um, I don't see Green Bay winning this football game. Mm-hmm. If this game were at Lambeau, 
Um, I just think Pittsburgh's defense is really good, um, and I think that they will they will keep this game. This, this game will be a, a you know twenty to fourteen ball game or something like that because I don't see Pittsburgh's offense lighting it up, mm-hmm. and so I see Green Bay losing this game. The goal to be. Can you continue to build on things? Mm-hmm. You know, does love have a good game? The growth, does, yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I see Green. I, you know, when you look at it, I see Green Bay losing. Um, I see Green Bay beating the Chargers. Really? At this point, okay. at this point, I think they lose Detroit, Kansas City back to back. So I think they go into that back five games with four wins. Interesting. All right. And so you know, I think, I and think, I'd be happy with that. I mean. You want the best for your teams every year, but expectations. Too. Expectations. You know, what's your expectations for this? Yeah, and- you got you got four wins with five to go and five winnable games. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and and you come. That's what I want is I want to see this team do what the Lions did last year. Absolutely. At one point, they were one and six. Dan Campbell is going to get fired. Get they, better. Right. They turned get, it around. Get better. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see out of a young team. If this team falls flat on its face for the rest of the year. Uh, there might be there. There's probably more issues than we know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I see. I see Green Bay losing this weekend. So under that scenario, very quick, if that does happen, how you you, you kind of maybe are pre- predicting or want to yep. see happen? Does that mean Joe Barry's job is safe in your opinion? At this point, now again, we all want you know we we all have problems with Joe Barry. Mm-hmm. You know when you see Preston Smith lined up on Justin Jefferson, you know right. th- 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 there's problems there. Right now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's around. 20 points a game, the Packers' defense given up right mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to argue. You know, you're keeping points off the board. Right. I, I get it. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been playing explosive teams, so is it the offenses they're playing or is it the defense? But, you know, this team is not giving up chunk yardage. This team is not giving up a lot of points per game. Mm-hmm. And so I personally would like to see Joe Barry gone, but if, if you got things to build upon – and and this t- this defense ends up giving around giving up around twenty points a game. It's not bad in the NFL. And, and so I personally, I'd like him gone. But you can't just fire a guy because you don't like him. Right. That's pretty much what I said yesterday too. Like if this continues the way it's going, I, I just pretty much verbatim for what you said. I can see him being back next year, and I know that'll piss off a lot of oh a lot of Packers fans. No doubt. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it happening. I could too. I, could I mean, see, you know. look, the proof's in the uh, on the field. Mm-hmm. And if this team is top half of the NFL in scoring defense, and, yeah. and, and again, you might want to shake it up just to shake it up, and maybe Matt Lafleur gets pressure and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, if this team, you know, seven and ten ish, and and you're seeing some real real signs of life this back half of the year, mm-hmm. yeah, at that point, you you would be firing him for the fans. Not for the team. Right. Yep. I agree. And maybe those games against like the Chargers and the Chiefs, which I know their offense hasn't been world beaters this right, year. But, right. You know, if they uh kind of hold them to that might help his cause. I, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And and absolutely no doubt. And and you know, that Chargers team, the only reason I think that that could be an upset is it's a Green Bay game and I just think that uh Staley is just a horrible coach. Yeah. I, I think he's too. a horrible coach, and so I think he could lose that game for you. Uh, I kind of had a joke at the beginning of the year, Staley, future Packers defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, because that, that's what Matt LaFleur wanted. Right. That's yeah. why he hired Joe Barry. Yeah. And and so, yeah, it's it remains to be seen. But, you know, here's the deal. you got X amount of wins in life. Enjoy this win, Packer fans. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, any given Sunday, see what happens in Pittsburgh yep. at noon on Sunday. Packers, by the way, 10th in defense of uh, points allowed, 19.9. There we go. The Jets that everybody loves, 19.5. It's throwing that the, out there. So. If you're Joe Barry's lawyer, you just basically had a mic drop <laughs> and you said case closed, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just you just did it right there. Bengals and their defense coordinator Lou, who everybody loves as yep. a head coach, twenty point three. Dude, you just yeah. mic dropped. So. You, you 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 are the attorney for Joe Barry. I do like to act a little Law and Order once in a while. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> All right, we're gonna switch gears here and take a quick break and talk some Badgers with RJ Cardinal coming up next. Shoppers, listen up. 
Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. Uh, speaking of crushing, that game on Saturday, uh, Indiana, Wisconsin losing to, to Indiana. Uh, for all the ups and downs for, from this season so far and the inconsistencies, was that the worst uh, worst game, worst thing that we've seen so far this season from this Badger football team? Yeah, it's right up there. Um, that team just didn't show up. Um not sure how, when, where, why, but um, whatever is going on uh, with this team, uh, they can't figure it out. Um, yeah, uh, I, I wish I had a better explanation, but I mean, you have an offensive line who is absolutely regressed again. Um, you have a team that, whose discipline is non-existent and you have a team whose wide receivers can't catch a cold um it's it's completely frustrating to see what you have going on in front of you um when you go up against an indiana team that was struggling themselves to even know what they wanted to do um it, it, both offensively and defensively, um, and yet you once again made a horrible team look like they should be contending for a, a Big Ten division title. Mm-hmm. What has been, in your opinion, the most frustrating part about the offense? Is it the offensive line? Is it injuries? Is it is it wide receivers? What is there one thing that just kind of bugs you the most or frustrates you the most about this offense so far? The, it's so inconsistent um i mean i knew it wasn't going to be an air raid uh longo likes keeping it as close to even in terms of attempts for rushing and passing um but the fact if something's working he'll go away from it just for the sake of making it even um the play calling seems to be uh, all over the place um yeah, and then I think the biggest one is the receivers um, who just can't hang on to a football. I mean, now sure, uh, I think the last week was probably Braden Locke's worst game. Uh, there were some passes that needed some touch, and then there were some passes that needed to be zinged in there, and the other, the other result happened where he probably slung it in there too quickly at times or, you know, didn't just put touch on a ball that needed to be somewhere quicker than it got. Um, and it's, it's just the, the penalties we've seen, uh, that aren't like personal foul penalties, but just pre-snap penalties and things like that. Um, it's, it's just frustrating to see. And it's, it's something more of a whole, um, defensively, I don't understand why adjustments aren't made until after halftime because, uh, I mean, you held them to three points in the second half. I mean, that could have pretty much probably been three points the entire game had you made your adjustments in-game rather than waited till halftime. Um, but it's, it's overall just a poor performance uh, executing by the players as well as uh, whatever the heck the coaching staff decided the game plan was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So now you got uh, Northwestern uh, coming to town here. I mean, Badgers got to get one more win to, to be bowl eligible at this point. I would assume that they're going to get one more win in these next couple weeks here. But I don't know what's been more frustrating so far this year, Packers offense or, or the Badgers offense, RJ? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a it's, – I think they're very comparable, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because you're looking at uh, two teams who have some new starters in positions. Um, one is, you know, more of a major overhaul, but still, I mean, uh, it's not like 
the cupboards at your skill positions were uh, bare here at Wisconsin, and they aren't really in Green Bay either. I mean, um, I think you can put them both on a level of uh, great disappointment uh, in in terms of I don't think one outranks the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if Tanner Mordecai is eligible to come back anytime soon, whether this week it doesn't, I know Fickle didn't sound too optimistic, or next week, do you go back to him or do you just ride it out with Brayden Locke and, and kind of almost get him more experience for, for next year at this point? Ooh, I mean, that, it, it's not like the they were running on all cylinders with um, Tanner Mordecai. They were scoring more, I'll, I'll say that, but it's not much of a difference, um, probably because more to do with the level of opponent they were playing. Um, but uh, you probably go back to Mordecai just because um, he's done at the end of the year, and I get the whole giving Braden Locke uh, some time to to get in there and, and do his thing. But, I mean, ultimately that's what spring ball will do. That's what uh, – You'd think, judging by some of the comments uh, that were made as well when people asked about uh, Miles Burkett and uh, Evers, uh, what was going on there, and the answer was, we're going with the best option to win. Um, So that doesn't exactly speak highly of them. Um, But I I think just to get like some kind of jolt um, to bring back Mordecai might be the answer, and you know if if that isn't it, um, yeah, uh, you just put Locke back in there and say let's get ready for next year. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, RJ, maybe to uh, Wisconsin's new favorite uh, coach right now, Mike Hastings and this Badger men's hockey team. Another week. Uh, where they swept uh, a ranked opponent this time against Michigan here, man. I mean, what's the conversation like about? The, I know we had, we talked about before the season started, and you know, did, really didn't have too high expectations or a lot of expectations. But I mean, where's this conversation now with this team down in Madison? Given what we've seen these last three weeks with this team, um, so I, I have some very distinct group of friends. Uh, I had a bunch of buddies who actually played high school hockey and. I mean, didn't go past that, but I mean, I trust them with their knowledge of hockey. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's they're talking like night and day. Uh, there actually seems to be an offensive system in place. Uh, you can tell they're skating better. It's it's not just a dump and and chase kind of offense, and and it's just there's structure within the program again, um, and. Yeah, it is getting people excited, and uh, I mean, there there were people I know who dumped their season tickets uh, after last year, and now they're kind of regretting that. And um, that for the first time Saturday in a long time, they opened up the third deck for uh, for the the weekend. Uh, it wasn't open Friday, but yeah, Saturday uh, was the fullest I've seen it. Probably since uh, we last played in the national championship season, I think twenty ten might have been when we played BC uh, and lost in the championship game. I'm trying to remember that, um, but yeah, it's it's just amazing what has transpired in in a short amount of time here uh, with Mike Hastings coming on board. I mean, you reached nine wins uh, on. Uh, November 4th, last year in the season, the ninth win came on January 6th, 2023. Mm. So, I mean, you're, you're leaps and bounds ahead of where you were last year, not only in the win column, but uh, in the quality of skating that's going on. And um, whether that be that the change in coaching staff really made that big of a difference. It did. Um, it it seems they're the the guys who even stayed here have bought into what's going on, and they're even doing better in this new system than uh, they were under Granado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's got to be. I mean the the confidence. I mean it's just 
it's crazy this this three week stretch that that's going on where they've been sweeping these teams and ranked teams that are ranked higher than them at that point. So, man, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's just crazy to see. Um, and it's they're they're not just playing one style of hockey. Um, I mean, they they outskated Minnesota. They skated with Michigan, who at the time was scoring goals at almost five and a half goals a game. You beat them Friday night 5-4 in a more their style game. Uh, you beat them 2-1 on Saturday night um, with a power play goal with six and a half six seconds, seconds left yeah. in the game. <laughs> I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, and the play that Michigan channel it was, it was kind of odd. Michigan challenged a, a goal slash non-goal with a puck that never even cro- got close to crossing the line. Um, and, uh, but one of their players slid into the net and knocked it off the, the posts there. Um, but they challenged that, um, since they didn't have a timeout left, they weren't charged with a timeout. They were charged with a delay of game penalty. Um, and so, yeah, for the final, um, minute 40, um, the Badgers would be on the power play and, uh, lucky, lucky, luckily enough, one trickled through the, the crease and somebody found it and put it in. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was an intense game to be at. And, uh, it's, it's just amazing watching this team and the competitive streak that's in them that I'm not sure we've seen the past few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, last night, uh, RJ Cardinal Badger analysts joining us here this morning, Hoop season tipped off for the uh, Badger men's uh, basketball team. And what most points did I see Connor even tweet that out, uh, uh, last night, uh, yeah, Wisconsin basketball setting a new scoring record last night. How about that? Proud of the guys. Well, they put up over 100 points in their game against Arkansas State. Now they got Tennessee ninth ranked in the country coming up on on Friday. So obviously, will be a a more uh, difficult test there. But given it, it's an interesting lineup, I think when you look at this this Badger basketball team, RJ, and one guy that I'm really kind of excited about to, to see what he can provide this year is 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 aj you know the the the, guy, the transfer from st john's uh who's big east all freshman last year and he put up 15 points in the game last night he's uh proving to be looking like he's gonna be a very key contributor to uh to to this team and then uh you know when he went in a little rut uh chucky uh came up big and ended up with 20 points uh yeah, AJ Store fifteen. Um, it's it's a team that, uh, and I mean the freshmen that uh, are actually still with the team right now. Um, both played some meaningful minutes, and uh, Blackwell looks like he's going to be uh, the the real deal. And I mean, on the recruiting trail, all you really heard was um, it's hard to describe, but this kid's a player, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll see that hopefully. Uh, keep blossoming. Like I said, um, I, what I think twelve uh, for meaningful minutes. I think I saw twelve uh, people got in the game uh, uh, last night until they uh, cleared the benches. Um, but yeah, it's it's really looking like a, a team that might be going deeper than we've seen in a rotation for uh, quite some time. And uh, you know, no hard feelings towards some of the guys who played last year and were are still on the team this year uh they probably don't need all the minutes they were getting mm-hmm. um and these new additions are moving some of those guys a little further down the bench too so uh yeah it'll be um it'll be uh it, it looks like it'll be a fun season uh like you said though um friday will be a, a little bit bigger of a test when uh you have the number nine team in the country uh coming on into uh the coal center but uh, yeah, at least uh, not having a flat game, I guess, against Arkansas State makes you uh, a little uh, optimistic for what can happen Friday. And I guess so does uh, watching James Madison uh, last night beat Michigan State uh, at the Breslin Center. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll uh, it'll be uh, hopefully a, a good one come Friday. You know, you mentioned uh, John Blackwell too. Yeah, you put up twelve points. The freshman. I, and I just, you know, I was like, oh wow, they're actually, you know, 
playing some freshman there over there too and getting some meaningful minutes. But what him and what AJ, I think I'm just really intrigued. They got height. I think John's six four. AJ's like six seven. They're combo guards playing in the backcourt. It just I don't know, RJ. Does it seem like this this team may be a little bit more athletic than than we've seen in the last couple of years? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, just I mean, just with the additions, uh, it, it's it's got to be. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's one of the things we've been talking about um, for the longest time. It just seems that uh, Wisconsin hasn't been. And you know whether they're Wisconsin kids or not hasn't been pulling in the kind of recruits that we've seen even in the past. Um, like when you end up having to, and I mean you like some of the guys, but uh, a guy like Isaac Lindsay, who you know went to UNLV for a reason, uh, mm-hmm. a Group of Five team. It's it's. Uh, or a mid-major, I guess, on I mean, Group of Five football. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it, it, there's there's a reason he wasn't playing at a Power Five team, um, you know. So you bring in guys who are going to end up taking minutes away from a guy like that, and uh, you know, it's a good story for a state kid. But sometimes those good stories for state kids aren't necessarily the stories you need playing out if you want to be competitive in in college basketball. So, uh, bringing in some athletes, uh, both in the recruiting class and in the transfer portal, um, you, you like Wisconsin's chances of, uh, of being a, a little more up-tempo. And I think I saw, uh, it was like 81 and a half, whatever metric that is to show the pace of play, um, which is like the highest in Wisconsin history since, and, I forget the date it was, uh, but um, it, it's it's looking like a team that's at least trying to uh, pick things up a bit to to be able to maximize uh, fast breaks with uh, some of the guys they have on the court now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, okay, RJ. Before I let you go here, give me a prediction on this game against uh, against Northwestern here. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you know, is it fair to say Northwestern's maybe playing a little bit better than what we initially expected this year? And then you've got you know Badgers obviously doing what what they're doing here. So I mean, what how do you see this one playing out? Is it going to be close, kind of a close type of game? Do you think? Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think we could end up seeing like a game that we saw uh, against uh, Northwestern in Iowa because um, uh, Northwestern's defense has been picking it up. Um, uh, they have, you know, their their defense is in Big Ten play at least has given up almost twenty six points a game. Um, Wisconsin is like around uh, uh, like um, just under twenty, something like that. So, I mean, I maybe take the under. <laughs> I mean, not as not as under as the uh, the Iowa a game coming up this weekend that is opening. I think it opened at twenty nine and a half points, so uh, and it's already down to twenty eight and a half for the Rutgers. Um, it it has it has the chance of being the first game. I think uh, I, I think modern history maybe of not being above thirty points or above in the over under in like modern betting history or something like that. So I mean, we're talking. I don't think we're talking about those kind of proportions, but. Um, it'll, it's like one of those games I'm looking at and I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't look at it and say, you know, it's, it's a game that it, it's just hard to look at and see an outcome where Wisconsin covers the ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably go ew, twenty to seventeen, Wisconsin. Ooh, and could you have imagined that score at the beginning of the year? That prediction? No, especially with the way that things were going at Northwestern at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's uh, you had two news cycles going on there. One was skyrocketing, and the other was 
scraping the bottom of the barrel, but uh, here we are. We're meeting in the middle somewhere, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, RJ. Always appreciate the time with you, buddy. Good stuff. Have a good rest of your week, man, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a win next week for this football team. I so, so too. So <laughs> hopefully, and uh, we will we will talk to you then. You got it, buddy. There you go. There's RJ Cardinal, Badger analyst, zone in Madison. All right, that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toyson Ford. Dan here, and don't forget, if you could be a friend, to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way others can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.